0: Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Alina Kerrick. I hope that you are feeling amazing today. I feel amazing as always and I also feel that spring is really in the air and summer is just around the corner and oh, I love it. So, so, so exciting. Now, before we dive in today into today's podcast, we're going to be talking all about creating a fa- enjoyable family meals. I've got an amazing guest for you. Before we do that, Oh, take a breath because all the excitement and full onness of the challenge is over. We can relax a little bit. My life can get back to normal a little bit. It was amazing fun, but it was quite hard work for me. Um, And now my calendar is a little bit more empty, not empty, but a little bit more relaxed. And I thought I could go back to offering some amazing sessions for people. So I have what is called a breakthrough session if you would like to come and join it. It's about thinking about where you are and where you want to get to and what's stopping you. So a 30-minute session. I have five of these sessions to give away. Now, i I also know that my likes and dislikes exercise was amazingly popular. And when I offered it for free, oh my goodness, I got inundated and I just couldn't keep up. So I decided to put a price tag on that, which is $299. So anytime you want to, you can book one of those if you pay. But right now, I'm also going to offer five free ones, Um, just because I have a little bit of time on my hands, and I love chatting to people, and I love helping people. So if you want one of those five sessions, they will just be allocated on a first-come, first 1st ser- first first serve basis. And I will leave the link for the breakthrough session. Now, if you want the breakthrough session, it's 30 minutes. If you want the likes, dislikes session, it's an hour. And once I have five of those sessions, I will just take the likes, dislikes session away until... Another time in the future when perhaps I will offer them for free. Who knows? I might do something different. But if you would like to take me up on that offer, then come and sign up super, super quickly. And just a note to add that these sessions are a tool and they help. They really help you get clarity. But it's about you making changes, about you being committed to making changes. So if you're feeling, yes, I want to make changes, I want to create this amazing healthy life, I just don't know where how to do it and I'm feeling a little bit stuck, then this these sessions are for you. If you're thinking, oh, yeah, I know it all, I'm happy with my life, then that's fine. You don't need one of these sessions. Now, just a quick note, if you are thinking, what on earth are the likes, dislikes sessions? Well, if you've been listening to the podcast for the last couple of months, you will know what they are their amazing way of thinking about how to dial up or dial down a like or dislike. So you could dial up enjoying healthy foods like broccoli, or you could dial down that food that really overwhelms you and you have cravings for. And I've had just absolutely amazing results with this exercise, such that I call it Dr. Orlina's magic likes and dislikes exercise. So, don't delay, come and book now because I know that those sessions are just going to disappear super, super quickly. And as I say, the link is in the show notes. So, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking with a lady called Linda Lederman, and her website is Bala Booster. Now, what is a Balla Booster? Well, let me read what it says on her website. A balabooster is a mum who, after a crazy demanding day, has no need or time for Martha Stewart's precision or perfection. Without adhering to rigid rules, she knows how to whip up quick and delicious meals her family actually wants to eat, having conquered the what's-for-dinner demons once and for all, and then serves it up with side dishes of family fun and clever conversations. Yes, enjoying your kids at dinner, really. So I'm super excited to welcome Linda to come and chat to us all about creating enjoyable family mealtimes. Linda, thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, thank you. So I am excited to dive in. Before we started talking, recording, we were talking a little bit about the exciting things that you do. And it made me just go, oh, I want to find out more. So tell me a little bit. We've sort of touched on meal planning and teaching kids and table talk. I think the thing that really jumps out to me is table talk and how we can make our meal times with our family a fabulous and enjoyable time. I'd love to talk
1: about that. It's so important to have conversation with your family at dinner time for socialization, for communication skills, for venting sometimes. There's so much benefit to having good conversations and It's a waste of your dinner time to just say to your kids, how was school today? And they'll say, fine. What'd you do? Nothing. Nobody learns anything. So you want to make it fun. So there's many, many ways you can look at things to engage in dinner conversation with your family. One thing that you can do is to find what creative holiday is happening that day or that month. For instance, April, I believe, is poetry month. Now, you're not going to spend every dinner in April talking about poetry because your family will disown you. But one thing that I did with my family last year was I said, okay, today we're going to celebrate poetry. Now I have a, at the time a high school son and a high school daughter and they just groaned and they said, forget about it. This is not happening at time." And I said, well, give it a shot because poetry takes so many different forms. Find a rap song, give me some lyrics to that, invent a rap song you can find poetry everywhere. And I said, when I went, when you come down to dinner tonight, bring me something. You can create it or you can find it. And then you just have to read it. You know, it's it's up to you on how easy or difficult you it to make this lesson be. So my husband actually came to dinner with a rap song that he wrote. It was horrible, but it was hysterical and we laughed forever. So that was really, really a good thing. My son wrote a poem that said, I hate poetry, which was also equally (laughs) enjoyable. (laughs) My daughter came up with something, right? Of course, but it gets you laughing. It gets you talking. Um, And I of course came up with something that was esoterically okay. (laughs) But it got everybody talking and that's a really important thing. Um, So you can find crazy month themes. You can find crazy day themes to get your family talking about. You can find another thing I've done with um, my menu planning and my meal planning is to tie my meal into something that's happening in the world. So depending on the age of your kids, if they're a little older, when we were having talks with North Korea, uh, the United States is having talks with North Korea during the Trump era, I made a Korean dinner and then we talked about world politics. So that's another way you can tie in your meal to dinner time. Another thing I do is take games that you have around the house that maybe your kids have gotten too old to play, or maybe they're not in rotation anymore, but you could still use them in different ways. So if you have a trivial pursuit game, you can take the cards at dinner time, and you can say, okay, let's ask the questions. We don't need a board. We don't need fancy rules, but we'll just ask the questions and see what comes up. That's a really great way of having conversation because you can educate your kids. They can educate your yourself about their answers. Maybe it ties into something. Ah, God forbid they were learning in school. So there's many ways that you can inspire conversation without having to come up with something on your own every day.
0: That sounds absolutely fabulous. And I guess I'm just going to backtrack a little bit because I didn't really introduce you. What we were really talking about was this concept of creating a home that is a place where children want to be. So could you talk to us a little bit about that? Because that just made me went, yes, that's what I want to do.
1: Right. You want to have the warm home where not only are your, your kids comfortable, but you want their friends to be comfortable. Because as a parent, it's nice to have your house to be the central house. So you can keep an eye on and monitor what's going on, what's going on in your kids' friends' lives without being in their face but they're still around and you know what's happening. And I think that's an important thing for a parent to do in general. So if you have the the welcoming home, whether it's with food, whether it's play date invitations, I think it's really crucial to a child's development and skills that they will learn to pass on to their family as they get older.
0: Fabulous. And I think as well, just opening up that habit of listening to our children and our children feeling comfortable joining in part of a conversation that they're interested in, even if it's about poetry.
1: (laughs) It can be about anything. Another thing in terms of listening to your kids, we entertain in non-COVID days. We like to entertain a lot. And I grew up in a family that liked to have people over entertaining a lot. And my parents always included us in the conversation with their friends. And their friends always included us in conversations, and they showed interest in what we had to say. And I think that's also a really important thing to learn. I mean, yes, you may have a big family gathering, and yes, you may need the kiddie table, because sometimes those gatherings can be overwhelming. But on a smaller scale, adults need to talk to kids, and kids need to know how to have conversations with adults.
0: Yes, absolutely. And this conjures up for me those sort of Mediterranean-style dinners where everybody's outside, particularly thinking of Italy, where they have their pasta plate first. And I always think they probably do that so that they can fill their kids up and the kids can run off and go and play whilst the adults are actually doing the cooking, the fish or the meat or the vegetables, whatever it is, so that they're not dealing with starving, hungry children. But, yeah, it's all about a big family event rather than adults on one side and children on the other.
1: Absolutely.
0: So let's just change track a little bit now because I know that you do meal planning. Yes. And thinking about ways to make it easy for busy mums who are juggling everything but also want to be able to cook healthy and nutritious food for their kids without it being... You know, too hard work. Right.
1: So the first thing I'm going to say is, before you think of meal planning, don't think of it as, I've got to devote my Sundays for hours on end, making things for the week. It doesn't have to be that way. And I think for a meal plan to be successful is you have to evaluate your own lifestyle, what's going on with your family, what's going on with your time. So my first suggestion is always to look at your calendar. What's happening during that week? Are there days that you have to work late or your kids are spending a lot of time in after-school activities and you'll have very little time to make dinner? So plan what you want to make according to what time your schedule allows. That That's the first suggestion. The other, another suggestion is try to do some batch cooking. You don't have to cook every single meal from scratch every day. So you can make a big pot of, Quinoa or orzo, whatever you want to make, and make it differently on different nights. So you're not always just eating leftovers, you're actually cooking something differently. So let's say you made a big pot of brown rice because you want some nutritional rice there, and you have that as a side dish for day one. Day two, you can take your leftover rice and turn it into a fried rice and add something simple like grilled shrimp or grilled chicken or leftover chicken but now they're eating a totally different dish with their leftovers and it doesn't look like you're boring them with eating the same thing day after day so think ahead of how you can make a larger batch of your food and then cook it separately on different nights so your meals are very different that's one thing another thing you can do is um Change the seasoning on your proteins. If you're making um, chicken one way, you can use totally different seasonings the next night. If you're slicing up your chicken and you're making lemon chicken one night. Another night, you can use sliced chicken and put it in an Indian simmer sauce. Your dinner's gonna be done in 15 minutes and it's gonna be delicious. And guess what? You could use less of rice for that dish. And now you have a beautiful dish that you haven't had to spend Hours slaving over and tastes very different from the same ingredients you used the night before.
0: I love it. And I would like to share with you that on Sunday, Sunday's my market day, and I go to market and (laughs) I buy loads and loads and loads of vegetables. And this week I went to market, and there's one stall that I go to, and she sells off the stuff that she had from the week before. And she knows that I eat loads of vegetables and I have four children. So she said, Oh, do you want all of these aubergines, which for you are eggplants? And I said, yeah, okay." they were one euro, like nothing, basically free. And I I think it must have been 15 or 20 kilograms of aubergines. And I had to cut some bits out of them. But I just have now a freezer full and a fridge full of cooked aubergines. And I'm thinking of all the different, amazing, exciting things I can do with aubergines. Unfortunately, my kids don't eat them, which means that...
1: (laughs) Try different sauces on them. I mean, in addition to an Italian sauce, you can do a Thai sauce. Well, you know, it's amazing, yeah. sauce? I mean, there's a million things that you can do. Um, make them into little pizzas, you know, yeah. if your kids like pizza.
0: My kids like pizza, but they, yeah, they won't eat them. They regardless. can't be fooled, huh? But <laughs> what I did do was I cooked a whole load of them, just chopped them in half and grilled them or baked them. And mm-hmm. actually, they're really good in place of bread. So at lunchtime, we had bread the children had a bit of bread and peanut butter and I just had the aubergine with the peanut butter on so you can just use it as a because they're quite bland really but as a conduit for whatever exciting flavor you have which may be your sauce or a spread yeah Yeah. fabulous so some fabulous tips and I yeah 100% agree that it's you know individual to each person and you need to think of your own routine now the other thing that we were talking about was teaching kids and getting them into the kitchen. What are your big tips on that? Start early.
1: They're never too young to learn how to cook. And you can do really basic things. I mean, if you're making breakfast in the morning, let them scramble the eggs. You know, let them get used to using a a fork in the bowl and, and doing that. My kids make their own breakfast. They'll make themselves omelets and they've been doing this for years because why shouldn't they? And if you can get them comfortable You know, teach them knife skills, knife skills at a young age, but supervise. I mean, you're not going to just give them a knife and say cut, but you're going to teach them how to hold it properly and you're going to make sure your knives are sharp. So it's going to be safe to use. And if you can teach them how to cut and how to saute, or one of the things I love to do with my kids when I'm cooking something new, I'll say, okay, is this a thumbs up or thumbs down recipe? And if it's a thumbs down, I'll say, well, what was wrong with it? And get them thinking about taste they like, taste they don't like, what they would have liked to have it in it instead to make it flavorful for them. And if you can get them thinking in those terms, they'll start learning how to cook in those terms as well. And they'll become very creative and confident in the kitchen instead of always just giving them what their dinner is and say eat.
0: I think it's so important. And your story of start young, sorry, it reminds me of a story. So I have twins who are now eight. And I remember when they were two. They're like chalk and cheese, these twins. And my son, Sebastian, I was sitting in the kitchen and I turned around and he would picked up a sharp knife and he was so carefully cutting this strawberry. And I watched him thinking, oh, he's doing this so well that it was amazing that a two year old was doing this. However, his twin sister was never allowed anywhere near the lives. Because you could just see that if she had a knife, she'd be waving it around and everyone would have to duck. So, again, I think it just shows that children are different and you have to think about your own child. But, yes, I totally agree that they can start young. And he was always very interested in cooking. And he would sit whilst I was stirring things and run off and get a wooden spoon from his collection of wooden spoons and just get them involved young. And another tip I have is I don't tend to buy cakes and biscuits or any treats like that. My house policy is if you want it, you can cook it. And actually, oh, I love that. I love that. It, so my oldest son is 12 and he loves cooking and he loves to make treats. I did get to the stage where I was a little bit fed up of the... He would always choose the recipes with loads and loads of sugar and loads and loads of flour. But I've bought a fabulous book called Clean Treats by my friend Laura Fuentes. And it's got lots of nuts and seeds and slightly different things. They're still treat foods, but he loves it. And now he can just make pretty much any recipe. And I'm like, yes, you can just, I just have to go and get the ingredients for him.
1: And one of the things that I had my kids do very young, we'd make kale chips. Because you don't always need to eat fried potato chips. And you can make kale chips and... We have a dehydrator, but if you don't have a dehydrator, you can just put it on a very, very low temperature in your oven and you can season it however you want to season it. They're great and healthy to munch on. So, yes, there's alternative snacks you can make that they can easily learn how to cook um, that are healthy and nutritious for them.
0: I have never tried kale chips. We can't get kale that often, but I can occasionally. So I will have to go and get some kale. You could
1: do it. it If you you don't have kale chips, we make zucchini chips. You can make carrot chips. You can use any vegetable. And if you have a mandolin, so you can make it really, really thinly sliced. That's all you need to do. You You can even make your own potato
0: chips. What? Do you have to have a dehydrator to do it?
1: If you have an oven that you can set at a very low temperature, below 200 degrees, you'll be fine.
0: Ah, I will try that and I will get back to you on the success of it.
1: You can do it with sweet potatoes also. Make sweet potato chips. I mean, most vegetables you can dehydrate and... Many grocery stores sell them fancily packaged for
0: a lot of money. So it's, it's much better if you make it on your own. They do, they do. And sweet potatoes is another thing that I sometimes get huge, great bulk of sweet potatoes. Again, another thing my children don't like, but really good for
1: them. But as a, pota- as a chip, they might.
0: They might do. I will try next time I have some. Fabulous. Do you have any last words of wisdom for us?
1: Make your meals memorable, and it doesn't have to be difficult. You can take an ordinary meal and make it extraordinary with very little effort and a tremendous payoff. You go around once, make everything wonderful for you and your family. Make life delicious. That's the key to happiness.
0: Fabulous. So when you say wonderful, do you mean wonderful for the food or the experience?
1: I think if the experience is good or wonderful, the food tastes better. So I think that's also even with picky eaters, if you engage them at mealtime, doing something that they enjoy, something that's fun, it's almost a distraction and they'll start eating their food and not focusing on why they don't like it because there's so many other things to focus on.
0: Fabulous. Linda, where can people find more about you?
1: I have a website called Balabusta Secret. Which is B A L A B O O S T A S S E C R E T dot com. I have a Facebook page that's Balabusta's Secret. And if anybody has any questions, feel free to write to me at Linda at Balabusta's Secret.
0: Fabulous. And you did say that you had a free gift that you offered to people.
1: Yes, I have a PDF called. Uh, quick sanity-saving dinnertime secrets. And in it, you'll get chock full of information of what you can keep in your pantry so you can easily throw meals together in a pinch, easy ways to have dinner conversation with your kids, all the things that drive your dinner demons. uh, It's a a good step on how to to eliminate them.
0: Fabulous. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Linda. Fabulous episode. Go and check out Linda's website. And remember, if you would like to take advantage of one of those five breakthrough and or dislikes, licks, excuse me, dislikes, likes sessions, then remember to sign up ASAP. Have a lovely week and I will see you next week. Bye bye. So much for listening to this podcast episode. Remember, you can sign up for Dr. Olina's Simple System to Healthy Living for Families at drolina dot com slash simple dash system. If you have enjoyed this podcast. I ask that you share it with somebody else who would also benefit so that I can reach more people and help more people live healthily. And lastly, if you are interested in working with a coach, then just email me at orlina at drorlina.com and we can set up a time to chat. Absolutely no obligation. I love chatting. So come and chat with me. Bye-bye.